0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tanell for today, Sunday, February 7th. Thank you guys for tuning in. For those of you who are not watching the Super Bowl or who may have the Super Bowl on mute and tuned in with us, we say thank you uh, for joining us tonight. We have special guests on with us, Joy Chen and Victor Casale of Pure Culture Beauty, and um, we just want to make sure you guys are checking them out. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Denise, and you get started shortly after that. Good evening, everyone. And once again, thank you guys for joining us here on Beauty Talk. Um, you can join me on Twitter for a live uh, tweet chat. Um, we will be using the hashtag BeautyTalk, and we will be tweeting from BeautyTalk. That's our page on Twitter. We're BeautyTalk. And we're using the hashtag BeautyTalk, so join me there. And, again, if you have questions or comments, you can call in, 914-803-4399. Again, 914-803-4399. All right, and we'll be right back right after this very quick break.
0: How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about FriendsBeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40%, and non professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs, and extensions 1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right, we are back. And as promised, I,
1: I told you guys I would give you um, some more of the finalists for Naha, the which is the North American Hairstyling Awards. I wanted to give you some more of the 2021 finalists before we um, before we speak with our guest tonight. And this time, I'm going to announce the Hairstylist of the Year. Last, um, last Sunday, we did Makeup Artist of the Year. So this Sunday, I will do Hairstylist of the Year. And the um, finalists are Daniel Holzberger of the Van Michael Salon right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Julie Reisinga, she's from London, Ontario. Heggy Gonzalez of Orem, Utah, and she's from Inspire Greatness Aveda Institute. Silas Sang from Ottawa, Ontario, from Blushes is the name of the salon. Christopher Benson of Glendale, Utah of the Christopher Benson Collective, and then that was it. Very good. Um, very nice work I'm looking at. Um, and I'll just give you um, the Master Hairstyles of the Year um, finalists as well. Vivian Mackinder, she's from the Hairdesignertv.com. From Riverhead, New York. Silas Sang again from Blushes in Ontario. Julie Rasinga again from London, Ontario. Matthew Morris from Denver, Colorado, from the Matthew Morris Salon and Skincare.
0: Wow, this is
1: amazing work. Ruth Roach, Napa, California from the Ruth Roach Enterprises, and those are your Master Hairstyles of the Year finalists. So, again, next Sunday, I will continue to um, bring you more of the finalists. There are several categories, so I won't read them all, you know, in one night. I'll just break it up, but those are the 2021 finalists for Hairstyles of the Year and Master Hairstylists of the Year. All right. We are back again tonight. Our guest is Joy Chen and Victor Casale of Pure Culture Beauty. And I'm going to see if I can get them on the line here.
2: Hi, this is Victor.
3: Hi, Victor. Hi, this, hi, this is Joy. Hi, Joy. How are you? Good. We're excited to be joining you today.
0: Yes.
1: good i'm uh, we are so happy to finally get you guys in with us um i there's a lot of questions i have um so let's just jump let's just jump right into it. Why don't you both um introduce yourselves to our listening audience? Tell us a little bit about how you got started in the the beauty um industry and um how did you guys meet
3: Victor how i' let like, you take it.
2: Okay. 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 Yes. <laughs> Great. Okay. Okay. Yes. Hi, everyone. This is Victor Casale. Thanks for um, inviting me. So I started in the beauty industry when I was uh, 19. I was actually studying at the University of Toronto in Canada, a chemistry mm-hmm. degree. I was I was dating my future wife. Uh, met her in high school. We were dating, and I was invited to dinner at her home, and her brother. Um, asked me, you know, he knew I was studying chemistry, and he asked me if I knew how to make makeup because he was thinking about starting a cosmetic line. He was a makeup artist, photographer, and he was kind of looking for products that were very specific to what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I didn't know how to make not You know, I was a 19-year-old guy, didn't really think about makeup, but wanted to impress everyone, so I literally set up a makeshift lab Um And I was, you know, studying chemistry by day and and trying to figure out how to make makeup by night. And uh, over about a year and a half period, managed to figure out some of this stuff. And and that's kind of how we started uh, MAC Cosmetics back in 1984 in Toronto. We built a business up from there. I was the science guy in the family. So my role was to formulate product, figure out how to manufacture it and get it packed off and ready for for sale so that was my role and i spent 15 years developing all types of products color cosmetics skincare products hair care products and you know uh mac we we sold our company to estee lauder 15 years later and at that time i i was working with a local dermatology clinic at the university of toronto and uh I had brought them on to do to be some advisors on our R&D because I wanted the dermatologist to be active in looking at what we were doing. And what they were doing at their clinic at the time was they were teaching patients how to put camouflage makeup on because they would come in with various skin conditions from all over Canada. And the doctors thought, you know, we're going to give them medication. It may help them. It may not help them. It takes a while. We want to get them to start emotionally healing soon. So we teach them how to put foundation on. Um, and, of course, when I saw that, it, it really struck, struck a chord. And I felt, you know, we're making makeup. I'll send you as much as I can. And um, after we sold our company, they asked if I could continue to help. And so I set up a lab inside their clinic, you know, in a, in a clinic that had 20 dermatologists uh, bringing patients in. And I made foundation for – I worked with my team. I made foundation mm-hmm. for patients. And it was just done to provide the service. You know, I didn't charge for it. It was just something I I loved doing and I wanted to do. But the patients started to bring their their mothers, sisters, and friends in to try to buy the product. So somehow uh, I ended up starting another brand uh, called Cover (laughs) Effects, which is a complexion brand. And built that brand up over the last 15 to 18 years um, globally, actually. And the focus there was complexion, global shade, palette, um, we did some skin products, mostly complexion foundations and uh you know i just uh we sold out of that in t- to a big investor and uh I met joy through my um my partner melinda who's who's known joy for many years, working together uh or or i think they were um mentoring together as, as uh, Mm -hmm. women leaders and uh, yeah. And so Joy's from, from this world. So I kind of met her at the right time because I was coming out of uh, a big project with cover effects. And I uh, had an idea on the future of skincare. And when I met Joy, we, we kind of, we started this, this, this project and uh, here we are. I've been doing this. I've been doing this for five years. And I'm not finished yet. (laughs) (laughs) Very good.
3: (laughs) And what's
1: your story, Well,
3: yeah, my background is completely different. Um, You know, my background has always been in consumer goods. So, you know, I've been with – I was with Clorox for a very long time, um, doing bleach products and doing, you know, Clorox wipes products. So very different in terms of my background but I never thought that those products were really exciting for me. Like I never really, it never really hit a emotional chord for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was one piece and I, but I really loved what I did. So that's one piece about my background. And then, um, you know, when I was growing up um, I had really bad acne as a teenager, um, probably like a lot of other people. And uh, my parents were immigrants and um, they really didn't believe in like taking medication or taking any of that. Um, I would say the Western medication, and I uh, really believed in kind of more of the herbal and the kind of the East, the Eastern approach, you know, to to care. And those things, you know, always took a lot longer, and um, you know, took more of a natural approach to things. And so I would say that the combination kind of led me to Yes To. Yes To was my first brand that I became a CEO for. Um, it used to be called Yes To Carrots, and now you know it's Yes To, anything that you could find out there. So I really scaled the business there. It was a time when um, the business was just starting out, and um, the natural segment, I don't know if you remember that far, was just beginning. Um, you know, Burt's Bees and, um, Dr. Bronner's were the only brands out there. And, Mm -hmm. um, yes, she was a very different approach, has a very different approach to skincare and natural skincare. Um, and so I really grew that brand and grew that, uh, helped grow that segment. And then I, um, and then I left and, uh, went to turn around H2O Plus Beauty. Um, it used to be a, um, Body brand, a body care brand, and uh, whenever I bring up that name, that you know, everybody has said, "Oh yeah, I remember those stores. I remember seeing them mm-hmm. you know, when I was growing up." And the brand's been around for you know over 30 years. Um, I got there and I turned around the business and I turned them to clean beauty. So another, um, you know, as natural products have evolved, you know, the new the new lingo is now clean and um that definition also continues to to change um but that was uh, that's how i got into skincare
1: wow why why a skincare line victor what because it seems you know, like think you're good at the makeup
2: <laughs> yeah um I'm a science guy, right? So I get geeked out by science stuff and I love, um, I just love the whole world of science and and skincare and and cosmetics. Why, why skincare? You know, interestingly, I, 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 I've been in the industry and I know how it works and I know how there's a lot of misalignment with the way skincare is sold and the way a customer Purchases a product is very hard because a lot of it is through marketing language and positioning Mm -hmm. and presentation. It sometimes doesn't reflect what's actually in the bottle or, you know, in, in the line. And so the consumer has to kind of filter through all that marketing and and information and what the cut, what the brand says it's supposed to do or what it doesn't do. And it's trial and error. It really is. You know, uh, I, I know a, a lot of women in my life, uh, be they, you know, um, family or friends that have a lot of product in their, you know, in their bathroom because they bought it, they tried it. It didn't work. They tried something else. It didn't work. And so I really was, was hoping that I can help move the industry into a better place it turns out that my partner melinda who introduced me to joy works for johnson and johnson she's head of their external innovation and she's telling me about all about all of this um this uh the industry the pharmaceutical industry is making targeted medication based on your genomic types best based on your dna she got me a 23andme kit about three and a half years ago i was fascinated mm-hmm. by it i did it and they told me all this information about me and my background and i thought you know if we can do this for a skincare consumer, we can get all the information on their skin um, that they may not know of because, you know, it's 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 microscopic. But we'll know, and we'll know how to yeah. prescribe the proper skincare for for that person. And that's where the idea came from, and that's why I was fascinated by it, and I I saw it coming in the pharma, in the pharma world um, with my partner Melinda. And Joy and I, of course, both. You know, we talked about it, and we thought this could be something we can do, and and here we are.
1: Got it. Now, before I ask specifically about the, the brand, tell me a little bit about because you guys just you all um, just recently launched. Am I correct about that? Yes,
3: we we launched about four year uh, four months ago. So really four recently. Ago, right. Yeah.
1: So. Four months ago, and even a little bit before then, we we're in the middle of a pandemic. Tell me what that's that was like um, launching a brand during a pandemic.
3: Yeah, I would say um, you know it's launching a brand even without the pandemic is a challenge, but launching mm-hmm. it in the midst of the pandemic is even it's even more challenging. Um, but I I think that. Like, before I answered that part of the question, but I think that both Victor and I felt even more passionate about wanting to get this out there during the pandemic mm-hmm. because we know that there's such a need. Like, aside from, you know, the things that Victor said, how there is just so much confusion in the industry um, of skincare that now people can't even go to a store um, or go to an esthetician to get help during the pandemic, that we really felt that this would be a great way to provide the consumer an, an alternative as to how to get better skin care um, without yeah. losing their home, so so mm-hmm. I think mean, we thought that there was such such a need um, that instead mm-hmm. of slowing down and saying, "Well, let's just wait until after the pandemic is over, we just decided that you know what we're just going to go for it and just say, "You know what this is such a need that everybody has, and we don't know when the mm-hmm. pandemic it's going to be over. I mean, at that time, you know, things were just getting worse. Things weren't getting better. Um, right. But we thought that there was a real need in, in the industry and in the marketplace for it. Like to answer your question about the challenges, I mean, the supply chain was such a huge challenge for us. Um, you know, Victor and I were trying to figure out, you know, which country is going to be better <laughs> in managing the pandemic. <laughs> And, and and I would say that every time we chose a country, we're like, oh, we're wrong, <laughs> you know.
0: Um,
3: and we were trying to, you know, get it made and and work with our suppliers, um, you know, in the U.S. And then U.S. just got worse, right? U.S. became probably the worst country when mm-hmm. it came to the pandemic. And so um, we really had to shuffle our. Our supply chain around. We made many different choices. I think we had to pivot. You know, for example, um, we wanted to do our packaging a little differently, where we really wanted to, um, you know, make have colored bottles, color packaging. And Mm -hmm. uh, because of the pandemic going on um, and the supply chains taking longer and longer, that we had to repivot. That's that's another example. Um, The testing that we did that we have now in our system, um, lots of issues of getting that produced um, just because it's just not available and people are just not at work to produce them. So just every single piece of the the model of pure culture was a little bit of a struggle in terms of getting it done.
2: Yeah, and, and for, for the technical, for the technical, and on my side, um, I I built a lab in my basement in San Francisco, so I managed mm-hmm. to convince Melinda we needed a lab in our basement, and I've been doing formulating, from, I've been doing formulating from home, um, so uh, which was something I had to do because I couldn't go anywhere. I mean, I was working with I have a few teams of people that I I work with. And uh there was one in the US that had to shut down because of COVID and then I moved to the other one which was in another country in Canada. And they had they were still working but slower, but then I couldn't travel. So then and luckily Joy and I live two blocks apart so we can we can uh communicate and at least I can get her samples and we can work on product closely. So there were a lot of, of changes, you know, in, in things that we wanted to do special, unique, we, we ended up getting them done regardless. It was just by being – Joey and I being in the industry for so many years, we have relate, existing relationships with suppliers, with, uh, you know, people that we can collaborate with. And we literally have what I would call a virtual company. I would call Pure Culture a virtual company. We have team members that are in various states that we haven't even met physically but we, we each one of us knows them somehow from somewhere, and they're they're all on our team. So it's a very unusual way to run a company, but it's forced us to make it work, and it's working. It's, it's unbelievable. We we are making it work. We're getting things done. We have an, a great product lineup. We have a um, a great system where you can test your product um, at home when you when you have time to. It's, you enter your information, answer some questions, and we have a pretty good idea of what um, types of formulations will work for you, and we can dispatch them from our lab.
1: So, nice. Victor, how Victor, how different was it uh, being a chemist at MAC as opposed to being the chemist at your own brand? Or were there d- many differences? And what were some no. of the similarities?
2: Well, the, the, the similar, the similarities is that I'm a hands-on guy. So uh, I Mm -hmm. work, I like to work alongside my team hand, you know, sleeves rolled up in the lab, getting, making samples, trying them out, uh, working as a team. Um, You know, I, I started myself and built up a huge team. I mean, we had a separate R and D facility uh, and i I had an R&D facility with developers, testers, um, cover effects was the same. I am a used to formulating a lot of brands mm-hmm. don't really have technical expertise in their company and they'll just they'll go to a third party to manufacture it. Um, so mm-hmm. the way it, having the ability to do it myself or lead the the effort myself made a big difference. That made a big difference in this case. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Can, can you guys um, talk specifically about the, the brand um, and how it all
3: works? Yeah. Um, I'll take a stab, and then, Victor, please, uh, please jump in, okay? Um, the way that the brand works is, so, you know, a lot of things we said earlier is, you know, people are confused, right, about what to <laughs> use. And so even a quiz itself, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of brands out there that actually does a quiz in terms of, you know, asking you, you know, what your skin is like. Um, there's a lot of self-reported information in this quiz. And ours is not that different. We also have that because there are information within um, that this quiz, this profile that we ask about consumer that's going to be relevant uh, when it comes to, you know, customizing their skin care. The one thing we do have that's different is we actually provide a skin test, a kind of a very simple uh, test that we mail to you, and um, and you do the test at home. It's a kind of a very simple chemistry kit that we sent you, and um, it's supposed to measure um, you know, your pH level, and it also will measure um, some of your um, oil or moisture level of your skin. So some, some very simple, simple test. And then you can um, provide your answers back into um, your account uh, at Peer Culture uh, because it's a multiple choice and there are answers um, in, the, in the account itself. And then once you do both of those steps, the, the, the testing as well as the survey or the quiz, then we generate um, from um, the algorithm a recommendation of what your products would be based on um, the answers you provided. And um, along with that, we provide a cleanser, a serum, and a moisturizer that's just for you. Um, and typically, we try to keep it simple. It's usually a three-step process. Um, we do, however, have um, other products that, or other formulations that, in case we do think that you need it, we'll, we'll ask you to, um, to add that to your step. And one of them would be a toner if, um, if your skin is, uh, is in, in need of something like that. But really try to keep it simple. Um, A three-step process is what we uh, suggest. Um, And then within that, uh, the formulas have a – it's not just – I think the formulas themselves are meant to work on the long-term skin health that we want um, the consumers to have versus Mm -hmm. it's um, more about the artificial plumping or – the artificial, you know, impact that you see for a very short period of time, and then they're gone as right. soon as you wash it away, right? So I think over time, I think we want there to be healthier skin for the consumer by, by this customization, using products that are right for them. Exactly. Great.
1: Now, you mentioned, uh, Joy, a little earlier, you talked about that word clean, um, can you tell me a little bit about some of the ingredients that's in the product?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about like also what's not in there. I think maybe that's helpful as well. Um, <laughs> the way that we, the way that we would say that we define clean is probably there's four levers uh, or four pillars. Uh, one is clean because it's natural. Second is it has to be safe. So, Those are two things that we consider. And then the third one is sustainable. We want to find or use an ingredient that's probably most sustainably processed. And then the last one is ethically sourced. So the ingredient has to um, use fair labor conditions for us to be able to use that as an ingredient. So we have our suppliers actually um, sign documents to ensure that it's ethically sourced. So those mm-hmm. are the kind of the four pillars of how we define clean. And some of the ingredients that we use um, under the clean would be obviously like the vitamin C. Um, there's also a hyaluronic acid that we use. Um, there's pomegranate seed oil, Um to name a few. And um, we have um, also camellia oil, sunflower seed oil. There's a whole bunch of uh, ingredients that we use, but I think it's probably just as important to determine the type of ingredient, because mm-hmm. even with any ingredient, there's many different types, even with the vitamin C, right? There's probably three types of vitamin C you could use. And then there are like infinite number of suppliers. And I think what I really value and also what we really value is the ability um, to identify the right ones to use. And Victor plays a huge role in identifying those Um, because we want to make sure that what we choose is the best that we could provide to the consumer Mm -hmm. uh, based on what they need in terms of what, is not in there. Um, We, we have probably banned over 2,700 ingredients on our list. Things that we will not Mm. use based on the four Mm -hmm. four criteria um, I provided. And, um, and the EU, the European union probably only bans about 1300. So I think that we have a pretty strict um, clean definition. Um, And then we don't use silicones um and no colorants and no alcohol. Hmm. Well,
1: what's yeah. on the and, you know, I
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um No, you were going to say something. I was uh, I was going to say you know some of the reasons why we don't have those ingredients is um because You know, like silicone, I think that there are other – there are better alternatives to silicone, we have Mm -hmm. found, and it's also not biodegradable, so it's not the best sustainable option either. Um, Alcohol is another one where I think there is um, a better alternative for that, and that's why we chose not to do it. So I think that a lot of the um, ingredients that we have chose not to use is because we have found other alternatives that are better. So, yeah. I just want to
1: finish that part. <laughs> gotcha. Um, Victor, can you talk a little bit about the science of skin care and product formulations and why the one-size-fits-all model is
2: outdated? Yes, thank you. That's a great question. Thanks for asking that. You know, um, in my career, I I typically would be asked to create a product that would please as many people as possible. Um, it that's generally how a traditional formulator would work. They, they pick a category. So you say, okay, we want something for a normal skin and I'll try to make something or a formulator would focus on making something that most people would use. And to do that, you have to really strip out a lot of very specific active ingredients that could target certain aspects of normal skin that you wouldn't want to necessarily trigger if you're trying to get Many people to work with it, so formulations become much more b- broader and less effective, specifically. And so that um, that was something that could work 20, 30 years ago when technology wasn't at the fingertips of most consumers. Today, mm-hmm. uh, I call them the Google customer. So the Google customer mm-hmm. has access lots of information. And so trying to be generic uh, and broad with their solution is archaic. Um, we, we can afford to be much more specific. And so formulating now for someone who is normal skin, has occasional acne, as in, and is looking to firm their skin, that's very specific. We can provide a formulation for that person. I can have a person that that has normal skin, doesn't have acne, but you know um, is hoping to have a brighter, clearer uh, skin tone. Another customer in a in a traditional formula that would be one product, and it wouldn't mm-hmm. really do either of what the customer was asking for. In our solution, I can specifically develop formulations that will are specific to each particular requirement of the customer so I can become much more targeted I just need the information and today we can show that you can do it in your home you can share the information online we have we get the information in our lab and we we provide the, the formulation and the regimen that is specific to you and it may be different to your sister your mother or your neighbor next door even if you claim you have the same skin type
1: Right. Um, We talked about uh, the consumers being confused about skincare. What can consumers expect um, from the Pure Culture beauty brand?
3: You know, one thing we, you know, uh, one thing we want to provide the consumer is um, knowledge about their skin. Um, Mm -hmm. You know unless you have the ability to go to an esthetician or afforded esthetician, um, you know, there's really no really good way um, of really understanding your skin. And even with an esthetician, I I would say it's tough, right, because they are also just looking at your skin to assess what you have and what uh, what your skin condition is like. So we really want to take it to a more scientific and data-driven level where the skin test, coupled with um, the data points from our consumers, um, provide kind of that knowledge back to us and then back to them, really, around what Mm -hmm. type of skin do they have. And that knowledge will hopefully be able to allow them to take care of their skin better. And one way we, we offer that is the customization of our products. But I think you know, just knowing what you have and knowing how to take care of it is um, you know half the battle for the consumer. Yeah, one, thing I,
2: well, one thing I'd love to add, just quickly, you know, what we're doing um, is more than just selling skincare. We're, we've we've created a a new platform for the for the skincare industry that we are beginning to build. And the platform requires uh, information, circular information, to the customer, back to the to the lab, to the customer, back to the lab, on an ongoing basis. It's a, You know, I liken it to um, how well, you know, when you get your, your physical done every year or whenever you get it done, typically it will take a blood test. In the blood test, you'll get very specific readouts how, you know how is your liver acting how is your heart acting how's your cholesterol and the, and the doctor will make prescription recommendations on how to rebalance those this this is a similar approach we are we are beginning to create a database that's much more scientific that you can you can repeat on a annual basis or on a semi-annual basis where you can track the progress of your skin we have various um, at-home tests that are that will be being added to the line so we can test even more things and become even more granular so we're creating a platform so as the science um, is developed in that in an area and the at-home tests are perfected we can offer that as part of our service and get even more granular on your skin condition and these are things you can't see that may change throughout the year based on your diet, your stress levels. Um, if you, if you move, um, these are things that will, will change and we will be able to track them. So, and you will be able to, to see them as well. And so, you know, it's to, to us it's continuous innovation uh, and it's actually, you know, raising the bar on. Yes. And, you know,
3: to, Just to build, just to build on that a little bit more, um, you know, I, you know, we, we're we're here really to build a relationship with the with this consumer and this customer. And um, you know, we want to be on this journey with him, her or them. Um, I think that it's really important for us to it's not just about, you know, testing their skin once and then giving them some product and then we're done. We we wanna mm-hmm. evolve with them. And we know that, you know, everybody's skin is different. And, and your skin will evolve and will change. And we want, there, we want to be there to help you guys through, whoever it is, through that change. And, you know, Victor did say um, that, you know, there are things in our lives that will cause that change, and there are many of them. And I, I had a, you know, a couple of times um, in, in these four months, we had someone move, um, and uh, they were using our products, but they moved. And their skin changed, and um, Mm -hmm. they came back to us. And um, we told them, you know what, we'll reformulate for you, give you a new set of products. And it helped, and it worked. So basically, you know, when when you make a change in your life, um, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to be there, and we want to be able to support you with new products that will work for you um, because of this choice you made in your life.
1: Right. Um, you know, just listening to you guys talk, this this uh skincare brand definitely has the consumer in mind and I I don't I'm not saying that as a general statement because it's very specific to each individual consumer. Um, I can't think of any other skincare line out there who's doing something like this. Um so you guys are going to kind of stir up some things in the in the beauty industry. What's your vision for pure culture?
2: I um. so I'll, I'll I'll jump in. Normally I let Joy go first, but somehow <laughs> I'm going to go I'll go. So, you know, my my vision, my vision for this is to encourage um, consumers to ask more questions, to look for brands that will track them and spend more time really getting to know them uh, on a, Mm -hmm. a, you know, almost on a chemistry basis, if you know what I mean. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and, And again, it's, it's about a platform. It's about, to me, my vision is having a place that in the future a customer can it's almost like we become their skincare care diagnostic um, and and supplier. So they they can come and sign up. Uh, they will get tests at home. Now it's for its for oil level, and it's for pH level. And it could be uh, for your microbiome uh, mix as well, which we've done some customers and tested that. It could be for certain genome um, markers that predict either eczema, Acne, and that information will be in your database just like a blood test, and then we will be able to give you formulations that support the health or bringing you back to health. Um, and it's very dynamic. so it's not something that you do it once and you never you do it again. You do it like again like a blood test. So it, it would to me, it's a platform where you know we become your knowledge supplier on your, the health of your skin, and we help, you know, educate you on what it is that, that you may need and to, to provide product solutions for you.
3: You know, I, um, I think our vision is, you know, to also um, <laughs> make sure that we could provide, you know, aside from just providing them knowledge about their skin, um, it's, Really, to you know, the the brand name Pure Culture means we want to provide pure products, which is the clean products, and the the word culture means to to each unique culture of skin, and so we really want to be able to surface um, and and make this skincare approachable and um, available to all types of skin. So there is a level of um, Making sure that everybody is, it, it has this skincare be approachable and be able to be provided to them, no matter what type of skin type you have and skin condition you have. So I think that that's kind of our goal is to be able to provide it in a much broader setting, and be able to treat whatever the skin condition is for you. And and to I think to the other point that I think somebody made earlier, um, either Janice or Denise. Um, this really does start with the consumer in, in mind first. They are, this mm-hmm. is how we started. And that is the key part to this platform is that we really want to start with that individual first, and then we customize mm-hmm. to them. Um, so, yeah, that that's like really the other part of the vision is to start with the person and not start with one product and figuring out how right. many people I can sell that to. <laughs> right. Right,
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um what do you all think is the future what what do you guys think the future will be like for the skincare industry and then how does how do you think peer culture will fit into that?
3: You know I think that the industry the industry i think has um is probably pretty close to some sort of disruption. I think it's, disruption is going to come at some point. And, mm-hmm. um, and in a couple of ways, one is, um, you know, we talked a lot about this one size fits all um, selling one product to as many people as possible is probably the industry's, you know, model for many, many years. And one 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 trend that we do see is, you know, customers are demanding more, right? Demanding something that's right for them. And we're beginning to see that in other industries as well. And we've seen that in food where there's a um, huge um, personalization trend happening there. So I do think that people are demanding a lot more and that, the industry is not offering that as much today, except for, um, I think, you know, peer culture is trying to uh, provide that um, in a more meaningful way. I think the other part that is um, a key part of disruption for the industry is there hasn't been all that much data, you know, in this industry. Um, And with um, the DNA test, uh, 23andMe and uh, the ancestry test. Um, you can tell the consumers have a really clear understanding of wanting to learn more about themselves. And um, and I think that this um, area of more data and being able to track um, how their skin is doing, um, like you would like with a Tip-It, with a Fitbit that you own or from your mm-hmm. Apple iPhone. I think that Uh that's another trend that we're going to continue to see in this industry. Um, So I think that there's a couple of trends are happening that are very specific to how the consumer wants their product delivered uh, and how they Mm -hmm. want to ensure that they are continue to improve in their skin health. Those two trends I think are going to, at some point, disrupt this industry. And require or demanding um, the industry to provide more in these two
2: areas. Nice. I, I just I, I just want to add one thing. And, and one thing that I feel is an, in trend with this is, unless the, the 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 beauty industry begins to make products that are much more targeted. They will begin to become overlooked by the smarter, you know, Google customer I call them, who who okay. wants to know specifically more about themselves and not in general terms. You mm-hmm. know, you know what 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 is out there for me, like for for my skin. You know, my skin's combination on my forehead, it's dry on my cheeks. I have you know redness. I have uh, irritation sometimes. I want something for me. And I, and I think that, that's going to drive the change.
3: Right. And, and just maybe adding one more thing about the industry itself is I still don't think it's diverse enough. You know, um, diverse enough in terms of um, a lot of brands out there are still um, developing or creating products for the average consumer, right? Mm-hmm. Like average as in, average in every way, average in terms of skin condition, average when it comes to the actives that you put in, average in terms of sensitivity, like average in every sense. So Because if, the, if you have a one-size-fits-all model, you can only serve as an average. And I think that mm-hmm. from what we see, there's just a... Huge diversity when it comes to different skin types, skin color, skin um, conditions. You know, um, there's just a lot of changes in people's skin, and to think that um, an average product, when you have averaged out all those different variety of um, elements, will work on, you know, somebody's skin. It's really kind of challenging of a model moving forward.
2: That's why we think data is the biggest solution is is data. creating a relationship yeah creating a relationship with a customer where we share information you know we learn more about their skin, their skin and the products that get recommended to them teach us about what uh, if they're working and how they're working and then the the more Data we get back, the more customers we get back, the more formulations we we recommend. The smarter the platform gets, and the more sophisticated it gets, and as the science becomes more granular and we can see finer and in more detail, and customers can do more tests at home, at home, um, it, it will become a new platform. That's what we're hoping that this will become a new platform for for a skin, you know, finding a skin regimen for yourself that's personalized and specifically formulated for you.
1: Nice. That's amazing. That is definitely amazing. Um, Anything else um, about peer culture that you would love for the listening audience to know?
3: I mean, I think that, um, you know, we, we would love to have people understand that we just want to you know, give you the best skin health possible um, with this. And I think that we probably, you know, we only have you in mind in terms of making sure that you have what you need in order to get there. And I think that, you know, um, at a higher level, I would say that we want people to feel comfortable you know, with, in their own skin, you know, comfortable um, and, and celebrating what they have, I would say. Um, you know, I think the industry and the society has taught us, you know, to only look a certain way, and um, regardless of how anybody looks, I think that, you know, having skin health is the number one priority, and, and that's what we believe in, and we want to be able to get as many people there as possible
2: with that vision. Nice. Yeah, I, and I would just like to invite those that have struggled finding a skincare regimen or um, a solution to any specific issue they have to, you know, reach out and, and um, give us a try. I can ensure you that you get personalized service. Um, we are, <laughs> we are, are, we are a startup and, and Joy personally follows up with everyone if there's any glitch, um, we, we get to the bottom of it and, um, you know, we, we work hard to make sure that you get the results you're looking for and we get the data that we're looking for so we can make sure that we'll, we'll continue to support you and future customers. Nice. And just wanted to, um,
1: remind the, uh, or not mine, but just tell the listeners that um, you guys are offering our listeners a fifteen dollar off code. Um, and That code is SB15, and it's for fifteen dollars off the serum and custom skincare set. So we'll make sure we post that on social media so that you guys can um, go out, um, go out there, and take advantage of that. And thank you guys for offering that to the listeners. Really appreciate it. Um, Last question. What is you guys' definition of beauty?
3: Um, Mine is actually, I think it's pretty close to what I probably said earlier, which is I think we, just someone that feels comfortable um, Mm -hmm. in their own skin. Um, and skin meaning, you know, in many different um, dimensions, really their own skin, which is what they're being given, and celebrate what they have. Um, and then also being just confident, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that is, I think that um, the that society has taught us a certain definition of beauty. And I think that it's so much broader than just, you know, the visual aspect of it. But so much of it is how the person feels and how the person could, you know, um, can be confident with how they look. Um, so just being comfortable in their own skin and being confident in their own skin.
1: Nice. And what about you,
2: victim? Uh, I'll give you a more complicated answer. <laughs> um, beauty to me is not just uh, visual and physical; it's emotional as well. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think to support what Joy is saying, we're just a part. We're just a part of of the effort to support anyone in, in bringing themselves to a, a level of, of confidence. Um, and love for what they consider beauty is to them. That's the way I
0: see mm-hmm.
2: it. Somebody asked me, "What what is beauty to you?" It's many things. It's how I feel. It's it's how I look. Um, it's what I'm doing. It's it's how I'm doing. Beauty to me is encompasses all of that. And and you know, your culture is is, is just a, a small part of that. That for me is a broad definition.
1: Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. I learned so much about what you guys are doing. Um, it's, I just love the personal attention um, each consumer will get. Um, I think it's very important. You, like um, Joy was talking about how consumers are confused about skin care. They really are. Um, and And a lot of consumers really don't know which way to go. And I love the fact that you get a personalized experience, targeted just to you, you know. And I love that, and I think that's how skincare should be. So, um, great information. Um, and we're going to talk about Pure Beauty some more with our followers and listeners, and hopefully, um, people will go out and, and give it a try.
2: Well, thank you very much. Well, thank.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for having us today. We really enjoyed uh, getting to chat a little bit more about skincare with both of you. Yes, thank you so much. Um, Thank you.
1: I'm excited about trying it. Um, it, It's different. I mean, we've had we've had people from various skincare lines on over the years that we've done the show, and this is the. I think this is the very first time I've ever heard. a brand approach skincare in this way, so I'm excited about it. Well,
3: thank you, um,
1: thank you for having us. Absolutely. So, you guys, thank you so much, and again, everyone, go out and take advantage of the $15 off. Again, that code is FB15, and share share feedback with us and let us know what you guys think of the product. Again, thank you, Joy Chen and Victor uh, Casali, for joining us tonight.
2: Thank you. Thank you. All right, thank have you. a good. All right, have yes. a good night.
1: Good night. Thank you, guys, for tuning in. Um, as always, we really appreciate you uh, listening. <clears throat> I see a lot of people that I recognize on the phone line, so just want to say hello to Jennifer Ivey and J.K. Hunter. And our, um, we have so many other people on the line. I don't recognize um, the numbers, but thank you guys for tuning in. And for those of you who listened online, thank you so much. And for our listeners all over the world, um, thank you guys. Uh, my sister can kind of give us a little bit about where people are tuning in from. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so we have people tuning in from all over Africa, the UK, Norway, um, Brazil, oh my goodness, Russia, you name it, Canada, of course. Um, Of course, we always get a lot of listeners from the US, but also from the UK UK and Australia and uh, our neighbors to the north, Canada. But again, like I said, Brazil, Norway, Um, There are listeners all over Africa. Um, I'm just surprised about some of the the smaller countries in Africa where there are, you know, a few people um, joining in throughout the week. So we just want to say thank you to all of our listeners from um, all over. Absolutely. And for those who will listen to the show in the playback, we thank you guys for tuning in as well. Um, So, again, thank you guys for your continued support. You can um, follow us online um, on Instagram. We are beauty underscore talk underscore media. On Twitter, we are beauty underscore talk. Um, on Facebook, we are beauty talk online. So make sure you follow us and um, just follow us and keep up with what we have going on. And, again, you can follow my sister and I on all social media platforms just by our name, at DeniseTannell.com. At uh, Janice Tunnell and Tunnell is T-U-N-N-E-L-L. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a wonderful night have a beautiful, and beautiful day. Good night, everybody.
0: Good night.